0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Scouser Podcast. We are back in action. I am your host, as always, Tmuchin here in Chicago. With me is Galley, as always. Galley, what's happening?
1: nah nothing. Just living the dream.
0: Living the dream is right. Living the international dream, if you will. And uh, we don't have a Bickler here. We have Big Mac here, who looks like, who eats Bickler. What's going on there, Mac? my normal... He oh, ex, oh, he was morning partner. He was tasty.
2: I'd say that much for Bickler. That's shocking. First of all, I would expect him bit bitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there'd be nothing tasty at all there. And let's be real here he's off because he's mourning the fact that he has to deal with the international break.
2: <laughs> uh, not anymore, he doesn't. Um...
0: <laughs> oh, good old Bickler. Yes, we are missing Bickler, but we got Mecca over here who has abandoned me in the morning show. Uh, Those of you following, speaking of morning show, Alan is always with us in the mornings and always with the podcast as well. What's going on, Alan? Uh, Morning cup of coffee or tea, or in Macca's case, it was gin or flavored gin and all kinds of different stuff. Every morning, 8 Central, Uh, We are here live, kind of covering the morning headlines hosted by me. Uh, The good news is it's not always just me anymore as I have different partners throughout the days. I had the Polish Prince this morning who joins me on Mondays and we're going to have a lot of new faces joining. And so uh, tune in there, like, share and all that kind of good stuff. And other programming notes. And actually, let's find out how many of you guys are into this so FIFA 23 is coming out. I know Gally is excited as hell. Uh, it's coming out in almost a week. And uh, we had our tourney. Last year's FIFA was kind of a mess because it wasn't like cross-platform and all that kind of stuff. This one is supposed to be, so it remains to be seen. But we're back with our league. Uh, we did post it. So just join our Discord channel and go and tell us where you play your FIFA. And we'll go from there. Galley, I know you are not a gamer, Will you join the FIFA league? I do fantasy for the sake of American Scouts, sir. I expect the same sacrifice from you when it comes to FIFA.
1: Pretty sure I have to have a PlayStation or a Xbox. Is that not is that correct to play in this league? It is. It is well you're saying you don't have any of those. Unless someone is donating that up to Massachusetts for me, I don't know. And and honestly. Me and you do enough arguing around the uh, administrating of this damn thing. I don't know that we need any more conversations about how much better at something you are than me.
0: Well, actually, yeah, that that, that that doesn't even take a conversation as how good I am at uh, FIFA. Uh, Ask Bickler. Bickler is not here. He actually does play FIFA at a limited level but still he does go out there mecca are you a gamer will you be joining
2: us i will definitely be joining as soon as they release on atari 2600
1: (laughs) that's um that's where i'm at (laughs) (laughs) that's where i'm at if you notice sometimes i'll have my uh my Old Like pro soccer Nintendo t-shirt on that has all the little players from like that's the level of footy I was playing on video games. It was right when you had to have more than the three buttons that could go on the controller. That's when I realized like if you have to combine the up the down and a shift and a swing to make the step over happen. there's probably a Turkish guy that's going to be dropping F bombs at you as you just go clear out his players and go automatic red card. Like I'm, I'm back in like the Sega Genesis hockey game where you could just bloody people on the ice and uh, take them off and that kind of thing. So I don't know that I could get into this level of gaming. See, I'll be honest, when
0: I do FIFA, I mean, yeah, there are some kids out there. I don't know how many fingers these goddamn kids have because they do all kinds of stuff that I cannot really pull, but I can really pass around and do all kinds of stuff, so uh bj says do they have it for the commodore 64 and this by the way is showing the age of our audience because i know there are a couple of young listeners asking what atari is uh commodore 64 is and all that kind of stuff jamie says milner was quality on the commodore i don't remember a lot of commodore 64 games was was Emeline hughes soccer whoever is listening right now if you emlyn hughes soccer was
2: the best soccer game of all time it was fantastic
0: it was on the Commodore 64, yes, it was on the right? Emlyn
2: Hughes International Soccer. And on YouTube, if you're smart, you go listen to the theme tune because it was one of the best computer theme tunes of all time as well. Really? And the great thing was you could okay, change all the names and then score from the halfway line. So if you went 1-0 down, just shoot from the kickoff. And you're in it was great i
1: i always felt like i had the platform that was like one behind what everyone else had like someone would have like super nintendo and i was just getting duck hunt someone would be getting like that next level of video gaming like they'd be getting the brand new playstation i was getting a sega it wasn't even a genesis it was just a sega but like i don't even remember the name of this thing but i had this thing when other kids were playing atari and it, every game came with like a plastic sleeve and you had to slide the sleeve over your controller. And then you like, it told you what buttons. So it was like, change the buttons. And then eventually that would just crack and break. And then you just had to play the games completely blind and just slam buttons. Um, but that just probably shows that most of the video gaming consoles ever purchased for me were purchased at a tag sale, which is the reason they came a generation or two behind. Cause my dad would just wait, For the neighbor to buy like a new thing, and then would buy me theirs, so like it would be something I'd been playing for months, and And then I'd get it given to me. It was like, what the? And they'd make me wait till like Christmas. They'd buy it in March. Are you you, guys throwing that away? Because by the the way, I'm not not
0: bitter at all. By the way, no, it doesn't sound like it. But I guess we will have to start a GoFundMe or something like that to get. Uh, galley because uh, nothing like I would love to see galley angry like uh quitting a game like ha- hating the game would like just like would make my day to see because I can see you because I lose it a lot well thanks to ea but uh so yeah anyway but that's gonna happen if you want to see me or maybe uh, Mecca or even galley if the GoFundMe me works uh get mad and use our fingers <laughs> uh, join uh, uh, us uh, say- for
2: 23. I will say this though. Going back to what Galley said earlier, like I do actually play FIFA, but I'm only on FIFA 18 because I just I only play by myself um, because I have no friends. And um,
1: <laughs> this is a I'm, sad, sad episode. Yeah, this is the sad
2: sack. <laughs> this is the middle-aged man sad sack episode. But I am the one who goes in and plays when I do play against people, um, and and breaks everybody up and gets wrecked. Three players red carded, and then wins two nil in the end. <laughs> people don't like playing me. <laughs>
0: I'll be honest, ever since online game has started, I find it hard to play against artificial intelligence. I'd rather play and beat up on a nine-year-old, I guess. I don't know who the hell I'm playing online, but it is what it is. Bickler always says I I play nine-year-old.
1: And I'm the jerk because I don't like kids begging for... for jerseys hey, at other if you're gonna get online. Events. You're gonna get the. Baby. And you get online and just smack kids around, face arm. You you go like straight OJ in the airport on little kids, <laughs> stiff arming them and stuff, yelling at them, probably telling them to go like get their parents' money and buy the new version or whatever. You're probably talking trash. I, don't, I, got sure, a I do so.
0: I talk shit to quitters only, uh, but or people who celebrate their goals and then bail on you when you're up like three one. Fair, but yeah, it should be some good times. Uh, we had a blast with the FIFA 21 tournament, so it's back in action again so talking about raising money and go fund me and stuff like that you want to make money ask an american right galley how to make money and my my american my word (laughs) ask an american how to make money and they come up with some unique ideas and here is one for you the all-star game i don't think we got a chance to talk about it on the podcast before i know we talked it in the morning uh show a few times i think we talked with you right mecca but i want to take galley the pure americans uh aspect on this because i i think no like all joking aside i think you're in a different situation where you're a lot more familiar with all-star games throughout and then now it's in this sport so you might be able to make a connection because i think when someone like me says you got to be shitting the all-star game or somebody like from you know somebody british says it it's taken like that almost like you know too traditionalist and stuff like that whereas that's not really the reason why i don't want it but I want to get your take on that. The all-star game. Are you up for it?
1: No. So Todd Bowley, wrong, wrong plan, <laughs> wrong idea. Denied. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to roll it back for one second. I'll get to my point quick. I promise my, where I'm rolling it back to is, is they need to get used to this. And what I mean by that is, is by the end of this calendar year, there is a chance that three more takeovers will happen in the Premier league by american consortiums by the end of next season or the i think it's two seasons from now they said within two years they expect 75 percent of the league will be controlled by united states money and that is that's because that's where the money is and and these yeah. people want to make money so and and There's a lot of good that can come out of that. So, what will also come out of that is going to be some Americanized ideas and ways to speak to an American audience because they're not investing this money into this venture because they want the toy, right? They're not a chic with billions of dollars. These guys are businessmen trying to make more money. Like, that's what's made them rich is changing with the times and making. More money. So, I do think there is going to be some Americanized items that creep into this game. All star games should be banned here. Like, we shouldn't have all star games in America. They're terrible. So, that concept is just stupid. You know, I don't want to hear about drafts, I don't want to hear. You know, I don't want Todd Bowley taking victory laps, telling everyone that Chelsea's academy is outstanding. It has Salah and KDB in it. And you're like, you (laughs) fucking asshole. You didn't, you actually didn't have either of them in your academy. You were just dumb enough to sell them. So, like, I'm all for shitting on Todd Bowley right now. And I've been all for ripping on FSG when they say and do stupid things or the Glazers. The idea of an all-star game in a sport, like football over in Europe is ludicrous. The amount of matches you play, the physicality, they're just never going to be able to do it. Do I understand why the MLS plays the Liga MX while they're trying to build this rivalry between the two brands? Yes, and it's a smart ploy. It was smart when they took their best players and played them against Real Madrid, played them against Chelsea on an international friendly. That's about growing the game here. The game doesn't need to be grown over there. Yeah. So zip the lip. Like, spend your money. Go buy some players. Chelsea's going to be good, people. And Todd Bowley will hire someone that runs that thing really well because that's what he did with the Dodgers. I mean, they're going to make money. They're going to be good. But this idea that we need a all-star-style football match in England is absolutely stupidity. That being said, there are a lot of stupid things they do over in England that we Americans can't take and attribute for. So, you know, it's not, it's not just it the Ford American Ford, idea. Yeah.
0: I think, you know, that's my, my point. biggest criticism for it has been timing, but I still feel like if there is money to be made, time will be found. So I don't think time is an issue. I just feel like Mecca that the, the game does not suit itself to an all-star. And I, you know, when I was talking about it in the morning, I, I, Find it like American football. It's a game based a lot more on physicality, aggression, and you know, obviously you're playing against somebody else. So when you kind of take that away from the game, you it becomes a joke, which is what the Pro Bowl is, for example. I think in a game like the NBA, for example. You know, you can, you dunk on me, I dunk on you, everybody's having fun, hey, hey, you know, and then we'll play the last five minutes seriously. I think you can get away with that. But I think in like, when you put out a game where you're watching it for that competition, the aggression, the physicality, and you kind of take that away, it's you got kind of like a joke of a game over there that is not going to be watched anyway. What do you think, Mecca?
2: I think that what they should do is they should have what I'm going to call the Harlem Globetrotters test for all-star games if the harlem globetrotters could play three quarters with ladders and buckets of water and uh tripping up the referee and then play a serious game uh quarter at the end have a pro bowl or an all-star game by all uh, accounts you can't do that in football and you can't do that in soccer so let's not have it um but seriously it it just won't work in england like somebody i've seen somebody on twitter or facebook mention they have or actually it might have been Jamie um uh, in the Thursday podcast, that's who it was. Um that they have a thing in England called the soccer Aid. i I'm sure we, we know about yeah. the-, the-, the celebrity kind of game, and then we have the legends games as well. And they're good fun to watch, they're not very well attended because nobody gives a crap. It's something you watch Correct. on television while you're sitting yep. at home drinking your few beers on a bank holiday Monday. That's it. Uh, an all-star game first of all it's going to either have to replace or compete with the charity shield or the community shield whatever they're calling it these days which is a big deal to a lot of clubs in england like like i mean leicester fans are at the time because uh, they hate brendan rogers now that not that we're bashing him yet yet
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's, it's too early in the podcast it's coming
2: and um, but <laughs> no, but they they, they they value the fact that they've won at Community Shield. Now you take that away and replace it with an All-Star game, nobody's going to watch. They're just going to go out to the beach for the day. It'll be a complete failure. Um, and it'll be a failure because of one man's cultural obsession with turning the greatest game on the planet played all over the world into something that Americans can like, despite the fact that NBC have shown Americans love soccer as is. Like It's Correct. a fantastic product. I think from a, a European perspective, I think the MBC pre-match uh, halftime analysis and post-match outstrips pretty much everything else that I've seen in, in, in Britain and Ireland um, at this point. I mean, they've really got it together. And that's the product that American soccer fans want. They want the American – I mean, they are British more or less uh, commentators and stuff like that, but it's it's the package that we get back home just done a lot better. We don't need a different package don't need it here and they definitely won't accept it over there. So I think it's a non-runner, but it's a fear that us Europeans had um, and especially fans of of British football, even even though we're Irish uh, in my case, but that Americans would come into the game and start trying to change it. Uh, And I agree with Gally, I think you are going to see Americanizations? I think with the five subs happening now, I don't think it's a huge step to get rolling subs like they have over here for high school and college. Well, when they had it in college. Um, which is going to be a disaster at professional soccer level. But you could see it creeping in. I think uh, VAR is going to have commercials fairly soon because now, they, now they're getting to the idea of how long things are going to take. They're going to slap in the commercial. Like like in Mexican soccer, when the screen cuts to the smaller yes. screen and then you get the beer ads, we're going to start getting that during VAR. run VAR. That would be another Americanization. That clock thing annoys the hell out of me. The, 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 the clock going backwards and then stopping it when the ball's out play. Because we get that in high school. And you can't judge when a high school game is going to end. I mean, I've been late for so many club practices as a coach because my high school game went for two hours because the ref kept stopping the clock. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get that. But that's, again, those little Americanizations I could see, and I could see them being sort of accepted. But an all-star game, it, it'll, it'll die a death within two years. You, know, you
0: mentioned that clock thing because I remember my first college game over here, and I was I came here as like a junior, and I remember like the end of the first half. I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Like it was just like a like a horn blew, and the, the game was over. I'm like, "What the fuck was that?" But here's the thing: I don't even think it's like a like an English thing. I don't can't think of. Mexican soccer is a good example, actually, because I feel like I mean, they're like their players look like you know they're in, like racing or something with like eighty-five logos on the jerseys and stuff. They really try to milk every dollar out of the sport. But I mean, I can't see it happening and being attractive to fans in any other country either. I can't think of it in Turkey. I can't think of it in Germany. I mean, not, not a lot of the countries. And honestly, Galley. I mean, that's why you come in over here as the the American here. Is I don't even think you know it's popular here, like it's not something no. that's gonna. It, no. I mean, I love football, like American football. Uh, let's go with that football, American football. But we were just talking about this with like Angie. We couldn't remember the last time we watched the Pro Bowl because it's a freaking joke. I know no. the NBA, I can't remember the last time I watched the NBA All Star game, and I can't watch regular baseball, even on All Star baseball, right? So- You're not
1: gonna watch a baseball game now. I'll say this this is where All Star games came from, like. The only all-star game that ever mattered, ever, in this whole entire country, there's been like two, was baseball's all-star game for the first 50 years that it was in existence. And the reason was, was one, baseball wasn't on television. It was only regional baseball matches and one game of the week. American League never played the National League unless you made it to the World Series.
0: Oh, because you didn't have the...
1: So, like, this was an opportunity like when I was a little kid in 1984, right? It was an opportunity to see Roger Clemens pitch against like a non-steroid Barry Bonds. Like it was, it was an opportunity to see things that weren't going to happen because the Boston Red Sox were never making it to the world series and the new, and, and, and the, neither were the Pittsburgh pirates or, you know, like there were times where like, there's these great, great moments of like Willie Mays batting against like, you know, Seaver and just great great matchups that didn't happen. And in baseball, you told those stories. So it was about that one time. Once the games and the teams start playing each other, it it just watered it down. Baseball is the only one that ever mattered in any way. Basketball then, had they had to
0: change it right now. Like the winner gets the home field and well, stuff that and was, to throw something in there.
1: That's all in the last like 25 years because they had the game that went so many extra innings that it ended up being in a tie and they had to have a reason because they didn't have any more players left because that was the other problem. You let guys play for two innings and have one at bat and then you'd yank them out and they'd be, you know, doing photo ops with their girlfriends and their wives and maybe, well, one, one with the girlfriend later with the wives or vice versa. Um, you know, leave it to a baseball player to be dumb enough to invite, both their girlfriend and their wives, to All Star weekend, I and put them in the same fucking home in the same hotel room. It's like, well, I got an adjoining room. I thought it would make it easier for myself. Um, but the you know the NBA All Star game, it became an event because of the weekend, because of the three point contest, because of the dunk contest, because everybody wanted to party in the same city as you know NBA you know celebrities. All of the All-Star games are a joke. None of them are needed. It's no different than what Mako was talking about. Nobody watches these testimonial matches over there. Very few people. You know, who goes to the Legends game? You know who goes? The guy with his three kids who can't afford the ticket on match day. He brings his three kids. He gets them inside Anfield. They get their hot dog. They get their, you know, their pie. He grabs a pint. And they leave with 25 minutes to go in the second half. So they and make sure say, that they hey, can. This guy
0: used to play when I was your age, coming to the games and stuff like that. It's then... like a nostalgic thing than anything else.
1: And then they say, yeah, and that guy, you know, and that guy's now fatter than me. And look at him roly-poly. <laughs> See, I was one skinny too when I was a younger player. Look at this picture of this guy, son. And like everybody goes home and you get home and they can tell their mates that they brought him to Anfield and they got their picture outside of the stadium. And it didn't cost them, you know, Two thirds of their mortgage.
2: I have to say that 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 that, that fat player was also Neil Luke, and Ian Malby still fat back in the day as well. So <laughs> there's always exceptions to the rule. <laughs> was and is.
1: <laughs>
0: like, this is what I was. Will always be.
2: <laughs> Will
1: always be. So so let's just say this. We take a lot of shtick on this show for being American. Sometimes we get it in the comments, right? What do these guys know talking about football? Why are they telling us anything, you know, about the English game or previewing Aston Villa? Ultimately, at the end of the day, we have opinions like everyone else. And just because we're American doesn't mean we should be lumped up with all the other dumb Americans. Galley so, tried to... <laughs> I'm basically separating myself from everyone that thinks that this is a good idea, and especially Todd Bowley. Say like, this I'm not though, that American.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, though, because we I think me and Tabuchin said this in one of the morning podcasts about American uh, soccer fans. Um, I've been here ooh, 17 years now, nearly 18 years, uh, and the, the level and depth and quality of mm-hmm. soccer knowledge has Exponentially grown since 2005, yes. you know, for the casual not 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 the serious American soccer fan, the casual American soccer fan, um, and I noticed this, like you know, coaching uh, young kids, I'd have I'd have their parents, their dads, come and talk to me about the game that's happening this went this Saturday, and it might be like Wolves against uh, Bournemouth. And I'd be like, right. why are you watching that? You don't support any of those, like, in my head. But but he knew the game, and yeah. he would want to talk about, you know, do you think Wolves will play this player? And I'd be like, who is that player? I don't even know who he is. Fair play to you for knowing. Um, but the depth and quality of knowledge. So, I mean, I think it's good that um, you're getting that criticism as American uh, soccer fans from that side of the world because it means they're afraid.
1: It's a good point. <laughs>
2: and and, and, and you know, it is a, knows Americans like to improve things that are already there.
1: And you made a great point earlier about NBC and their coverage. You know, I was a f- supporter who was watching it on Fox soccer. And when they left Fox soccer, I was really bummed out. Um, not because I was like some huge Eric Winalda fan, though. Warren Barton is hilarious on any broadcast he's on. Um, but what I liked about Fox soccer was they showed every match like live throughout the week. And at that time we weren't all living in our phones. So I could literally tell my friends, like I am shutting off the internet. Don't tell me anything. I'm watching Liverpool versus wolves at 3 PM on Saturday afternoon. And in my mind, it was like, it was live. Now, NBC took that thing to a whole new level from their graphics to their uh, commentators, to the analysts outside of Tim Howard. Um, but to, to everything that they brought us to these fan fests, like they, they've really done an amazing job of ingratiating the American culture and defining it. I mean, I remember Rebecca Lowe like doing shows talking about like what promotion meant and like actually educating people where Fox Soccer never did that. They assumed only the diehards were paying for that channel because it was like channel eight fifty-five and came in grainy like porn in the eighties. But you know they—they were very—they were very, they were I haven't, very
2: much I haven't got that fire in porn. Yeah, I I be, yeah I see, in the that's 70s. the thing. Though, see, he didn't have a console. He had to get like grainy porn and stuff. He's gone through a lot. So... I used to have one of
1: them remotes that you'd have to hit in no, tandem, no, no, no. so
2: it... no, I'm still, I'm still in black and white with the title cards that come up with the dialogue. Yes, yes you scare me you scare
1: me you scare me sometimes because i actually believe this shit <laughs> you should, it, my friend. You should. i just i i think it's a great point that i do believe that the game is getting more knowledgeable here but i also think we have more avenues to actually digest the game we get to hear more we can get radio here we can watch matches from different Leagues, not just you know, it's not just England anymore, like it was just England even 10 years ago. Now, you know, with an ESPN and the Paramount app, you can basically watch Germany, you can watch France, you can watch Portugal, you know, it could basically watch everything.
0: Man, everybody's childhood porn struggles are coming across. Trevor, Trevor I'm with you, the dude.
1: struggle was real, <laughs> I'm with you, brother.
0: Here's the thing I mean, I think that's one thing that NBC has done a lot better. And I think that's what the sport needs still a lot more of in terms of like teaching the game during these broadcasts. Cause I mean, I know when I first came to the U S for college, I used to watch like football and, you know, a lot of Madden and I know a lot of Americans were sick of Madden. Like they just did not like him because to them, he always pointed out the obvious, like duh kind of stuff. But he taught me a lot of the game because I didn't know what the hell was going on. So some of those basics that were maybe, duh, so that, you know, promotion relegation thing you're saying, for example, Galley might be, duh, to us. Like, who doesn't know this? But there are a lot of people who do not know that. And like I said, at the time, I didn't know much about football. So when Madden said something like that, and I was like, oh, shit, that's, yeah, that's good to know. Like, registered. And, of course, in 10 years, I was like, okay, we know that, duh, kind of thing. I got into that mode. But, yeah, I think the broadcasting has made a difference. So, let me ask you guys this. Mecca, will start with you. And I, with no Liverpool game, obviously, we were going to scramble anyway. But I'm kind of liking this conversation. So, let's keep going at it. If you took, I mean, as somebody who's been here, you said, like, what, 17 years?
2: 16 years. Yeah, me, 17, so, years, probably 17.
0: What is one thing that you came and saw in maybe American sports and you said, you know what, this will be cool back home?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I got nothing. Really? Honestly,
2: I can't think of, you know, not in the sports themselves. And I say that I like hand egg. I like American football as a sport. You watch the back home. Uh, I think we met, I mentioned this before. Uh, 1984 Chicago Bears uh, Super Bowl, um, the fridge and all that kind of stuff. We all stayed up because it was at 2 a.m., 12 midnight to like 4 a.m. that morning, and we, we all of my friends uh, in school, eight, what was it? Yeah, eight years old, coming into school with our eyes bulging because we tried to stay awake for the whole thing because it was an American thing. You know, we made our mother's boy the cheapest worst peanut butter you could find because we want the peanut butter and jelly. Thinking that jelly was Jello, that's a disgusting combination <laughs> on a sandwich. By the way, if anybody's interested, um, but I I can't I can't see anything in um I've, I've seen baseball games I've seen them live horrific experience three hours of watching people missing the ball I can't I can't see what the attraction is to that Whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Really? You guys watch cricket
1: for days you I watch, I don't cricket watch cricket for... I'm Irish not I'm you Irish. not you but. but oh. We could get into hurling, and I, I've gone to live hurling matches, which are kind of fun to watch, but I don't know what the fuck is happening. But it's, it's an entertaining it's sport. Organized I'm, violence. Not even, I'm not defending – I'm actually not defending baseball. I've been off that train, as Tumuchin can attest to, for <laughs> a decade plus. <laughs> yes, um, I'm with it you. Up. It's like watching paint dry. It was just part of my childhood. But the, the I like when people do that, like, oh, baseball. And I'm like, these guys in England play cricket – Three days at a time. That's like yeah. baseball on steroids. Like that's it's been like uh, baseball without the No, it's
2: not. It's, it's like it's like baseball on quaaludes. Yeah, Let's go <laughs> in the right direction.
1: <laughs> and so let me reverse I- it to
0: you then, Galley. What was one thing that you basically once you first like got really into soccer? you were like, you know what? It can use a little bit of this. Or were you like
1: the Chelsea owner? You know what? This game needs an all-star game. <laughs> no, I've never, I've never thought it needs an all-star game. I've never thought it needs commercials. But here's the thing. I don't want it to be Americanized because I didn't start watching the sport because yeah. I'm an American sports fan. I have... Um, I am one of these like people that I got into football because it wasn't American. Like I started watching cause I wanted something new to follow. I've been a avid sports fan all my life. No matter what it was. Right. I wanted to get into it. And when I started watching it, I was like, what is this like really watching? It was like, what is this play this year to qualify for next year's playoffs? There's no playoffs in this year and next year matters. So I can buy players. I don't trade them. I don't like, I did have to get my bearings, but once I understood it, it was the passion of something new that led me to get so into it that I'd want to be involved in something like this that I'd start watching every single match and scheduling my days off and scheduling work (laughs) meetings around when they're afternoon. Like this is how like I was this way with the NFL for a long time. I was this way with the NBA. I watch these sports. I used to watch college basketball like constantly all year long and then play in the tournament and all this stuff. And I don't have time for any of that anymore because I follow Liverpool, the rest of England, the championship, all the rest of the European leagues. Then I start watching national teams. Hell, I'm so addicted to the sport, I watch the shitty American version of it because I want to be able to banter with people here and talk about how it needs to improve but also challenge people that say it's garbage and can't have any legs of its own. Cause it has improved a ton as Maka was saying earlier. So for me, it wasn't about what it didn't have. It was everything that it had. And if you ask me the one thing it needs here, you know, there are sports in this country that need pro rel. It'll never happen because of the value of these sports franchises, the way it works here. So I'm not going to go there, but anytime I want to make this argument with the soccer hater, right? That I have very often in my life. I use the analogy of like, imagine if you were a baseball fan of the Yankees or the Red Sox, and you had this up and coming star shortstop. And instead of that guy playing in the minor leagues and getting no better, you could loan that player to Kansas city to get major league experience, get ready. And, and like, and their brain starts to work with it. What they can't wrap their head around is, is why having a floor would help. Like, why does there need to be competition at the bottom? Well, because they don't have drafts that give you the best player out of college because you do poorly the year before. And there has to be a cause and effect. And I think that's what we're missing in so many sports here, but that's never going to change. So for me, I think there's an acceptance, but the coverage and the money spent at the production of the sports in this country is the one thing that there are places in the world that could strongly benefit from because yeah, you sit yeah. down and watch, you sit down and watch a match in Syria every single weekend. It is garbage. And it doesn't matter what company is producing it. The cameras are garbage. The distance from the pitch is garbage. Like it, you can tell the difference from watching a Premier League game That's going to air on sky or NBC sports and watching something from Germany on ESPN or something. Cause all these feeds are just coming from Spain, from England, from France, from Portugal. And for me, that would be the big difference. The production here is really, really good. And I think there should be, I think we should get some credit for that. Like Maka did earlier. Other than that, people, there's not really anything, but at the same time, you know, I don't want baseball games to last for three days. So, Keep cricket the way you have it.
2: To be to be fair to cricket, though, I mean, I mean, I never watched a game in my life. It's it's a it's a colonial sport as far even even though soccer is as well. But at least we have our own version of that. But uh, it's the only game that breaks for cake, and that's a good thing in my book. I was going to say that has to be an aspect you like. That has to be an aspect. Actually.
1: It's actually a really good aspect, right there. I mean, I mean if I you're going to take a break,
2: anybody and you said, you know what? Well, what we do is we try and hit these little posts down with this ball, and then a guy with gigantic shin guards tries to whack the ball away. Well, people stand really close because he's really crap at it. Well, why should I watch it? Well, we break for scones for a day and a half. I and would watch be that fair. sport all day.
1: <laughs> But to be fair, if they broke in American League, if they broke American baseball so those players could eat cake, those players would never come back out to play and each of them would weigh 750 pounds. Yeah, they're already the baseball player get fatter He's just like.
2: thinking about it. you know what I want to do? Here's, here's the improvement to American football that I would make, okay? Because I went to a game. I went to see the Jets and the Packers. Uh, Packers beat them 34-0 at the Jets Stadium in 2010 or thereabouts. Sounds right. Um, 20, idea. 2011, I think it was. Um, and Bolton were playing Liverpool on the same day. Joe Cole scored a last minute goal. Uh, Roy Hodgson was the manager because uh, I was trying to get them to switch the channel on to, to show the Liverpool game. But it was, a, uh, it was on Fox Soccer and they weren't a Fox show or Fox um, uh, uh, club or something. So they wouldn't. They literally wouldn't put the television channel on in the guest box because I got guest box tickets. But I didn't realize that American football players will just break for commercials, they'll set up and then it's commercial time. Somebody must alert them because they just start milling around talking to each other. And I yeah. thought somebody was injured. I was trying to find who was on the ground and somebody tapped me on the shoulder. And was like, no, no, there's commercials on TV. So they, they're just doing. So here's what I would like to do. I would like to combine Nathan's hot dog eating contest weekly with American football games. So when they break for those commercials, two minutes and any hot dogs can you eat. There you go. For the people in the stadium, that's how you make that sport better.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. If Trent Brown, who's a 450-pound tackle for the Patriots, um, was in that Nathan's hot dog eating contest, I'm pretty sure he would finish all the hot dogs during the two minutes and probably eat the opposing team's kicker at the same time.
2: I was going to say, yeah, eat one of the other opponents. (laughs) (laughs) We could combine that. We could have the kicker kick the hot dogs into his mouth. Really, really,
1: Now, hey, hey. Now we're fucking, we're bordering on fucking asking for all-star games in Europe. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I was all right. Say Keep that. your we Irish goddamn opinions. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Let, let's throw it out. Just leave it to leave it to Mecca to bring food into sporting events. I'm amazed we didn't get the potatoes yet. That's probably next. But we got the um, cake. Yeah, we got the cake, yeah. Uh, Trevor says, and I think, I mean, that's the thing. The No consequences for failure is the biggest problem with American sports infrastructure, in my opinion. And I agree. And I think you're right, Galley. That's something that's never going to change It's the way it's built. And anytime I've explained the system to an American who is basically, you know, maybe finds like the promotion relegation thing a little confusing, they kind of like really like the concept. Because everybody at one point has been a fan of the team where their team was in the, the rebuilding mode, if you will, and they were like basically tanking uh, on purpose. And I think every pretty much everyone has been in that case where you're like, oh, my football team is going to suck for four seasons kind of a deal. So I think people like that, that no team will be able to do that. But unfortunately, the way it's structured over here. Money wise, city wise, infrastructure wise, I sadly I just do not see that changing unless I, maybe they come up with like different incentives or something like that. So people do not tank, but I ahead, always Michael. think
2: it's funny. Like um, I hear I heard a lot when I moved over, as I said, like two thousand and five to about two thousand and eight, I'd say a lot of people were still ignorant about soccer, like American, you know, sports fans, casual sports fans couldn't get soccer. Uh, But I always liked. I always laughed at the idea that soccer was the communist sport. You know, take your commie sport out of our country—kind of nonsense. (laughs) Heard that quite a lot, Uh, because American sports are communistic. It's essentially there's a safety net for everybody. It's centrally controlled. Wages are bargained collectively, and (laughs) you have a salary cap on what you can earn, and. The, the, the government controls the entire thing and the worst performer, as he said, gets the best advantage in the end, where soccer is purely capitalistic. You can't do the job. Guess what? Bye bye. You're into the next league. Can't do the job there. Guess what? Bye bye. You're into the next league. You can't pay your wages. Guess what? Phew, bankrupt. Tough luck. Do you know, what I, mean? I, I think it's the, I think the sports that I makes
0: about- season a lot more interesting in any freaking league. I mean, that whole system by itself, because I mean, just imagine, I mean, you look at the standings now, look at it in 10 weeks. If there wasn't that relegation concept, it would be miserable because you would just have that top six, eight and you could just forget about the rest. Yeah. Which is why I think, you know, American sports obviously introduces the playoffs and stuff like that. So even the 14th guy can still have a shot at it and stuff. And, you know, some of the sports I know, like hockey and stuff like that. I know how bad baseball is, but, you know, almost everybody somehow makes it to the playoffs, (laughs) except the really bad ones kind of thing. I know, especially in hockey. But yeah, unfortunately, those are things that's not going to change. But I think overall um, how soccer is viewed. And I think, Mecca, you're right in terms of how much more knowledgeable people are at. I think it's gaining more respect as a sport overall, whereas it was just everybody's starter sport in the past.
1: It's why it's important that the sport continue to be seen. By neutrals, and Maka made that point earlier. It's not just the avid, crazy, diehard fans that are willing to do podcasts on Monday nights and <laughs> Discord all day long with their buddies and get up at nine and you know cancel work appointments so they can fill in for Maka because he's got to go be some holy roller, um, and recording TV in the daytime. does
2: producing film itself, Golly.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. Trust me. Payroll doesn't sell itself either. Um, but uh, I just I think sometimes where that where that looks at is that, you know, the big like arrogant ego type piece. I don't think that's it. I think it is the neutral. The neutral is what pushes things on in the masses right anywhere. Yes. And I think that's why you need compelling stories. And we talk about it all the time. You know, when. Teams are good, whether it was the women starting to win World Cups and then galvanizing groups of people, fathers, daughters, going to watch them play, getting national media – You know, the fact that there was as much coverage around the women's team getting the right to get the equal pay with the men and the equal earning, like the fact that there was as much coverage and more that there was actual outcry from people that it should be that way. Because let's be honest, there are no other sports in this country where the women make as much as the men, not tennis, not any other sport, yet people recognized. well, wait a second, these women win stuff at the world level. They just they should probably get more, but we know we're not gonna pay them more, but god damn it, they should be equal. And I think that's why it is important that kind of a good segue here, you know, when you're in these international windows and you're in a World Cup year, it is important that at some point they start to figure this out, which is what disappoints me because I actually believe in my lifetime this is the ba- this is the best crop of American actual talent. And I think they have an absolute train wreck of a manager who doesn't know how to utilize it. It's almost like when they hired Klinsman, they hired him a decade too early. Because if Klinsman had gotten this group of players all getting bred in at young levels, Adams, McKinney, you know, and I'll leave Pulisic even out of it. Cause I actually believe like Tyler Adams, McKinney, Aronson, you know, even the kid at Fulham, the young kid Robinson, I think the keeper at Arsenal is actually a really good keeper in Turner. And I think it'll be good for him to be the starter. Like they're building and they actually have a little bit of a spine. They find a striker who can score some goals. I actually think, and there's another wave, people don't realize, there's a whole nother wave of 17 to 18 year olds that are even better than this generation. But that doesn't mean anything. If you don't get the structure behind it, Um, because all it would take, is one deep World Cup one run, and I mean a real run where those matches are on TV in prime time? You know, it isn't going to happen in Qatar. Well, let me tell you, there's no better opportunity for America to introduce themselves to the world than to play England at two thirty in the afternoon Eastern Time the day after Thanksgiving and beat their ass in the in the World Cup. That's the way you do it, though. If you want to do it, that's how you do it. I think that's because what it means,
0: yeah, for the American like soccer just, to get there, to get attention. It needs some kind of a success because, let's face it, a lot of neutrals or people who are on the outside watching and follow the success and kind of like ride the wave. And that's the, what you're after.
1: Yeah, the it's the men's the, hockey did the same thing in the 80s like yeah. it, 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 yeah. it's a, these moments that put you at their level it makes americans start to say i should pay attention to this soccer program because we're getting closer to competing i hate to say it we like to win things look at how like ingrained we thought we were in winning gold medals in the nba those guys go over to Greece. They get the bronze medal and literally NBA players who didn't give a shit or try for two weeks are thumbing their nose and don't even want to accept the bronze. And Alan Iverson is crying because the guy had been turned down twice on dream teams. He should have made because they didn't like him, And he finally got a chance to represent his country. And he was proud Mm -hmm. of winning a bronze medal because to him, he got to go to the Olympics and it was a big deal. Yet these, you know, Self-driven Americans, both the players and the fans of it, felt it was just their God-given right, and the world caught up. And I think that's what has to happen on the other side with soccer. We need to kind of have a shock.
0: I think that's just not an American thing, though. That's like with any—I mean, I think any country or like any sport that needs to kind of get going. I mean, it's always the same way. I mean, heck, as a kid, I would. You know, you would get up for like freaking like an Olympics four in the freaking morning and watch weightlifting because we had Na'im Suleiman who could lift the freaking world. The dude was like four foot tall, but he could lift anything and everything. So, I mean, and like I think because everybody likes winning Mecca and I think that's what it will kind of take because right now, I mean, you're obviously you've done a lot of coaching in this country. I think it's a lot of, you know, while people appreciate the sport, I think and more and more what it takes to be able to play it and be good at it and all that kind of stuff. I think it's gaining more and more respect for it to kind of like take that next level. It feels like it needs a push and that's probably... A success at an international level or at least maybe, because their players, American players are, you know, showing up more and more on different good top teams, but unless one of them becomes like a Mo or Mane or something like that, like I think that's what the hope with Pulisic was, like when he went to Chelsea, for example, that did not really happen. I think it's just winning or like the World Cup or something like that, right, that's going to kind of make them take the next step.
2: I don't I don't think the uh, American necessarily needs to win the World Cup I think I'll that's correct. Oh, yeah. yeah, just, peep, just get yeah. a good like uh because I, I think at this maybe maybe in 2005 they would have had to have won the World Cup to get people interested because if they didn't if they got to the semi final or the final and didn't win it they'd be like bunch of losers I'm going back to the 49ers now and um, True. Why, why? anybody would do that? I don't know. Even though I know the forty nine is a crap.
0: Hey, I'm um, a 49ers fan. I know you did that on purpose, jerk. Keep going. <laughs>
2: but, um, what I would say is, it, at this point in time, and kind of to wrap it all in towards the what we were talking about earlier with NBC, um, and then like look, 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 what happens now is, as you said, American young players, not 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 veterans, not um um what was his name, uh, Brad Friedel. You know, at 40, going to Spurs or something like that. You know, these are young kids that are playing, starting at Leeds, exciting young yes. teams. Yeah. These are young kids, not even, like, it always, I i, I, I talked about this with somebody, I can't remember who, um, about the quarterback in, in football. You know, why the quarterback is so special when it's the wide receiver or the runner who usually takes the hit, catching the ball. That seems to be the infinitely more dangerous thing to do and uh, should get more glory. but it's that American concept almost of the you know like like in baseball, the the batter against the pitcher. it's the, they're the only people you care about in in that moment. And America, I think that formerly the soccer culture has been about looking for that one, looking for Neo, looking for the, the new Pele or the American Pele rather. but it doesn't have to be that. Uh, an American team like like I, I only know the dream that the, the miracle team from the court Russell Disney movie, that's pretty much all I would ever have known about because we don't care about hockey in Ireland. It's, it's, we don't get right. snow, so why would we? Um, and it never gets cold uh, for us. But the whole, thing, the whole concept of that movie, the hook and the angle, seems to be that that team threw off the shackles of their individualism and became a collective group that fought for each other and played for each other. And that's what caused them and helped them to be the Russians, which was the ultimate collective team really at the time it seems to be mm-hmm. so we think of american soccer now there are, are all these they're not like outstanding athletes like say the era of tony miola and all that they probably were the outstanding college athletes at the time when bob gansler had them in, in the 1990 world cup was it a 1990 world cup i think it's um, um, and 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 like, I've met Bob Gans, I've done coaching courses with him and he always explained that he just wanted a young American team that the American uh, viewers could fall in love with. It didn't work out that way because they weren't actually that talented uh, as a team. They were just very good athletes. And American soccer seems to look for that athlete, the, the three-sport athlete, as, they, as the high school athletic directors always say, the one that's like tall, rangy, strong, fast and all the things you need for baseball, football, basketball, but are completely useless in soccer if you can't control the ball at your feet. yeah, These young American players are fantastic to watch. They're, they're, they're exciting mm. players. You don't even say they're good for American players. They're just Thank good you. players. Yeah. They're good players. And a, a team of those players with zero egos, and a, a, even Pulisic, because he would have the right to be the one with the biggest ego, he just wants to get on the field and play and combine with his mates and, and do this, that, and the other a team like that that gets to the semi-final and heroically loses to say Germany one nil, uh, last minute goal off somebody's backside uh, from the German team after giving it their all would do infinite amounts for the, the growth of the game. Just as much as if they win the world cup. I think it just yeah. needs that deep run. Um, a couple of, yeah. I, I, I hate to say it, but a couple of camera friendly kind of American kids that they can, like you know, the the teeny boppers can fall in love with and all that. And the, the american not someone say, like no, us is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> don't worry no well you don't figure that out
1: they figure <laughs> that out no matter what you know these kids um, nowadays they'll, they'll they'll figure out how to market anything this is america
2: yeah so but one but, thing but that, that that culture like you know that it's ego-less true this collective game will do infinite amounts uh, um however if they lose three games and they're out untold damage i think to pretty man- yeah, yeah and i think yeah.
0: that's what's happened with them not qualifying for the world cup i think that was like a huge thing that sadly something huge like that put a sport back you know like five years 10 years or something like that compared to like you're saying galley like the women's team winning where it's kind of speeds it up a few decades and stuff but oh. yeah, let's see what happens uh i know galley can go hours and hours on uh, the coaching of the national team. Oh. So let's not get his blood pressure going. Oh. One thing I wanted to talk about, I mean, obviously with the, the time boys being off today and I, you know, I didn't want to go too much into that. I'm sure we'll not do some previews. I mean, maybe we'll kind of like recap the first seven weeks next Monday's podcast when we head over to games. But one thing I want to talk about was like, there was a Liverpool playing this team playing this weekend who, and the LFC women played and a huge win for them. Gally where, they can. I mean, they're welcome because uh, uh, they were one zero down when I was watching. Uh, but then I had to do like a live watch along, so I couldn't watch the second half. And boom, they make a comeback. So they're welcome. Uh, but it's a huge win against Chelsea, a title winner, and obviously, I think, especially to the casual fan who's finally like starting to watch LFC women. And we're going to be doing a lot of coverage for them on American Scouser here. We have Lee actually who was at the game, so we should have some photos from him from directly from the game tomorrow as well um it's going to be a different situation compared to the men's team galley because this is a team that just got promoted so it's going to have some growing pains so that's what makes this win actually even bigger than you know just like a normal regular league win
1: yeah i I mean for liverpool to to secure promotion last year Um, and I can firsthand, you know, I, I know I've mentioned on this podcast, I was over there for the last match of the year. So I was there right after they had won promotion. Um, the excitement in the city about the women's side was, was real and palpable. It's not just something that people are doing because of PC reasons or, you know, in this moment of time that we're in where the women need to get as much pub, the women's game is growing over there. I mean, we, we could watch it on paramount plus here last year. You had to watch highlights. Now you can watch full matches. You know, um, that's outstanding. And that means that it's not just picking to our point earlier, right? The American audience is gravitating to watch more soccer and more football. And the fact they're putting the women's Super League on is showing us that once again, it makes sense because there's some American women that get to play over there in this league. And we send our exports and therefore we watch. So I just think it's great for the women's game as a whole. Liverpool specific. This is amazing. This is literally like Bournemouth going into city or hosting city on opening day and getting a win. I think Norwich did it two years ago. They came up and beat the champs. I think it was city. They beat them on the opening day or someone did it. And it was like a huge deal. And we made this enormous front page kind of story about it. And I don't see all that love happening over there for this, but I think the way about that they did it is even more important. The fact that they went down to a penalty within three minutes. Still were able to galvanize the side. Coach Beard clearly has a good plan in place. It's too bad it wasn't at Anfield. I know they only play a couple matches a year there. Looked like, I think, the highlights were – it was it was at Tranmere where they play a lot of their matches. There weren't enough supporters in the crowd, so I hope that more supporters get out there. I know it was a tough weekend with everything going on in England with the, yeah. uh services and all the news that was going on. But for me um, – you know, Katie Stengel, once again, just showing that she's the class of the side, the way she slots in the penalty was great. I love that she was able to get yanked off an extra time to kind of get serenaded off by the supporters. Uh, but what a big signing that was to bring her back and get her in last year. Um, what a great player she's been. And three points, you beat the team that won it and arguably is one of, I think, the three or four highest ranked teams in all of Europe. That's yeah. got to give you some confidence. Uh, when you go out there and you got to play a lot of the other big clubs. But it's going to be a tough haul. I mean, the number one thing they need to do is secure their status in the league, in my opinion. And I mean, Mecca, it's uh, sadly was a part
0: of the club that was ignored. So they do get relegated, which maybe they might not have with COVID and stuff. Obviously, season ending early kind of caused that. Would they have not stated, but either way, it was not given the attention and maybe the the financing and stuff like that, that it was getting. And I know it does not get the women's soccer is not as popular as over there as it is over here. But it is like Gally is saying, it's something growing uh i mean it was a great story for them to come back up right back up bouncing back into the wsl uh I mean, how important is it, do you think, for them to kind of like build up on that? Because we've seen it where the teams that come up, we were actually just talking about in the Premier League show when we were recording with galley sometimes you get that team that just came to, like we saw with like Nottingham Forest this season when like their first game home, the excitement and that rush gets you a good score. How important is it? I think it's probably more about survival this year than really going out and winning it. The expectations have to be a bit more toned down, right?
2: Um, yeah but just just kind of uh this is a flip conversation to the one we just had about soccer growing in America uh, and yep. women's soccer growing in England it's really funny how it works out like completely differently um, it's a good point. but, but yeah. yes um i think um I, I i wouldn't agree with the analogy of of liverpool women being a bournemouth beating uh, coming up and beating the cuz cuz they've won the league before so it's almost like leeds coming back up oh, after, that you know cool. a sort of yeah, a that's period, a good point you know, another yep. Uh, we are former champions I actually know somebody who played for Matt Beard when he was the coach at Boston Breakers I think um, yep. he's a very good coach that's that's the, the one thing I can say he's, his reputation is, is huge for a reason so it's not a surprise that you know he's he's um, gelling that team together as he is because he's not just like the, the best coaches I think we all know not to bash Brendan Rogers. Um but no but this that's is this it. is a serious this is a serious point though that, that like in terms of coaching, um I, I'm bringing this back to my beard, but in terms of coaching, I don't I don't think Brendan Rodgers has much to have to defend. He's he's clearly a very good coach, even if his methods don't last a long time. He he's like every other Mourinho uh, coach and three coach two years and then it starts going downhill. But from Mourinho to Villas boss to 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 Rodgers uh, to Steve Clark, even uh, there's definitely a period where their methods like end. But he's clearly a very good coach. What he doesn't seem to be very good at is dealing with players. Klopp, on the other hand, I would say Klopp is probably the worst coach out of our entire coaching staff, easily. If you look, if you took Pep Linders, if you took even Bouvac before him, I think Klopp would hold his hands up and say, those guys can run a session better than I can. But he connects with players like there's no tomorrow. Every player loves him, even if they don't like him, if that makes any sense. I'm not oh, playing, do. but yeah. I still love you. You know, Do you know what I mean? Matt Beard has that with his players. And it's very rare, I think, in my experience, for a male Hmm. coach to have that bond with female players where there's respect. There's no, there's not, you you hear, you don't like to say it, but you hear so many stories of male coaches getting involved in in the women's game. And then there's rumors and stories about things, you know, like inappropriate comments or inappropriate relationships in, in the context of the team. He's straight down the line and above board as far as, as far as, um, I know he just he gets in there and he coaches. He, he connects with the players and he helps them to get where they want to go, which is the modern coach in a, in a nutshell. So I think it's fantastic for Liverpool that we're up there. I think you're perfectly correct. We need to consolidate, and um, we need to consolidate also to show the club that it's worth putting money into. Because if yeah. I was if I was the coach or if I was a player, I'd go to FSG and say. Why are Chelsea throwing so much money at their women's team? Why are City throwing so much money at their women's team? There must be something there. So you know, get on board, give us the money, and let's see what we can do, so that we're up in that conversation in in the women's game, because uh, the Champions League is becoming way way more popular than it was a few years ago yes. for the women. Like yes. it's 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 great. I, I'm a huge fan of the French national women's team. Um, mm. I love um um. The, the, the defender for the friend Wendy uh I can never say her name right Richard Reynard I can never say we're talking about yeah you know what I'm talking about. yeah reynard she's fantastic Phenomenal. She's, a, she's like yeah. the, the the Van Dyke of the women's game she just controls everything around her like it's second nature to her and um, but watching those players um uh, in the Champions League it it and comparing it to the 90s when I started watching women's soccer on the BBC, you know, when they started showing the Women's FA Cup, it's a world apart. It's like 1897 soccer to 1970 Brazil in in, in a difference in a sharper space of time. So I think the club, one well, number one, the club needs to get behind the women's team properly. It needs to give yeah. them a ground they can play at because using Tranmere's ground it might it might fulfil the capacity uh, uh, demands, but it's Tranmere's ground. We're one of the richest clubs in the world. Give them somewhere to play that's theirs. You know, home, it's if you will. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, they're, they're home so they can feel connected to the club because then we'll keep the better players if they feel connected, if they feel the club wants them there and not just, you know, that's a little sideshow for the real deal, you know, the women's team. You, they're, they're, they're not even as important as the under eights. That's, that's what they, they, they probably would have felt like uh, when they got relegated. Yeah. So give them the money. Give Matt Beard the... Whatever late the contract he wants, because he does a fantastic job. He's won the league with us before. Um, and then give them the players he wants because we would be Champions League champions with him, I believe. I think think they have,
1: though. I mean, investment-wise, I think they have added money in because I think they were challenged, and Mm. I think their their challenge to the girls were was secure promotion and we'll get more transfers. And they did buy players this season, they did give Beard the new contract, they brought him back. So I you know. I think this isn't that far off. If you really think like even FSG in some ways, they were spending money, but weren't spending big money. The only reason we spent as much as we did for Rogers was because we sold Suarez to such a, at such a profit. There was a period there where FSG was almost saying to Rogers and to the Liverpool players, like, Hey, you got to get back in the champions league and then you got to prove that you're going to be there consistently before we buy a Mane and then a Van Dyke and then an Allison and, and then a Kata. And now we're, you know, smashing transfer records for Nunez and and hopefully for Bellingham. I, I do think it is a little bit of the proof is in the pudding. At the same time, it's put up time now. They've secured their promotion. They're showing that they can compete. You need to then strengthen in the next transfer window. You need to support them. And, and, and to your point, Maka, you need to give them a better training facility. You need to give them better compensation packages. You need to put them on the level we're never going to be at the spending level of Chelsea and city from a budget standpoint, but we shouldn't be spending less than Villa is on their women's side.
0: I think so. And And that's where I
1: will agree. We have to show a commitment to the competition more than anything.
0: I think and they made those changes and I think it's going mm-hmm. to be like interesting to see how that starts paying off and it's like an awesome start it's a dream start to the season really because I know when I saw the fixture in terms of when the fixture came out and like see who they were playing I was like Ugh, not the best way to start with a tough game yeah. like that but maybe in some ways it was the best way to start cuz to use that energy against a team like Chelsea who you know it's always the title winner comes out a bit more you know subdued than the team that always just got up to the league so it was definitely exciting to win and I'm definitely excited to have like some even better coverage than we did in the past on it because I really feel like even in coverage wise and media wise it does get kind of like ignored and it's kind of like an afterthought in most cases so I think I'm hoping it will get more so a couple more um reminders right here before we let you guys go the yeah the LFC woman is the biggest one because like I say, we have our own guide Lee right at the games, not even at the game, just watching, but by the sideline, taking photos and talking to players and everything like that. So pretty excited to have more of that. Every freaking morning, now with no maca, but no gin, cup of coffee or tea with different hosts. Join us every morning as we look at the headlines and by galley consoles and head over to our discord channel to join our fifa 23 league game should be coming out i think in 10 days or so well gentlemen thanks a lot uh mecca thanks for filling in bickler's chair which you did he filled me in yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) that
0: was a delicious dinner
2: (laughs) of cannibalism
0: And thanks to all listening, sharing. Give us a share, a like uh, goes a long way. We always appreciate the support. See you guys next Monday.